I choose an ingredient or、um, a dish that I'm cooking each week, and I use it as the thematic device to organize the episode.、Um, yeah, like an s, like a, a lyric essay. <laughs> This is just, this is kind of a makeshift or DIY, like, self-archive, if I'm being generous. I think,、um, of a moment of, of what it is to be a college student, a young queer femme person, whatever, alive in the thick of a pandemic.、Um, you know, this, this obviously, it feels self-indulgent in many ways. Um, considering that hundreds of thousands of people,、uh, who are disproportionately black and brown people, disproportionately low income folks, and people, those, you know, demographics who have historically been denied access to healthcare or, you know, able to access, but are discriminated against,、um, systemically and thus die at a higher rate within healthcare. Um, And yeah, so just considering that people are dying and they don't have their loved ones and they're dying alone and considering that frontline workers are putting their, you know, their lives on the line to save other lives every fucking day and considering that essential workers are forced to keep working to keep everyone afloat and are underpaid and devalued and treated terribly by, you know, Anti-maskers, whatever.、Um, and they're forced to compromise their lives and their families' lives due to the kind of incessant awfulness of capitalism.、Um, considering that people are dying alone in hospital rooms with no one, with no loved ones. And, you know, so many households are experiencing food insecurity and, and unemployment and Experiencing the, the brunt of this country's like structural, historical legacy of, of such deep entrenched greed and apathy. I mean, that's not a surprise to anyone. I, I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. I'm lucky to be safe and housed and fed and relatively okay. You know, I know that.、Um, and I think it's important to acknowledge that and what We create, obviously, our positionality is essential, right?、Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's a privilege, you know, undoubtedly to, to have the problems that a lot of us have, that I have,、uh, am experiencing during this pandemic. Cause we're all struggling. I mean, except for like, excluding the 1%, <laughs> excluding like, fucking Mitch McConnell or Jeff Bezos, et cetera. Um, those who are just wielding such immense power and violence.、Um, but we're all, we're all struggling. The point is we're all struggling to stay afloat and that struggle is incredibly disproportionate and differently sized for every person, obviously. And, um, you know, the work of like mutual aid and, um, well, a really bad stimulus check. Six <laughs> hundred, whatever. Uh, but that kind of work is obviously to, to, for, is survival oriented, right? And that's kind of the most important right now. Um, and whatever the struggles, the, the, 
depth of the struggles are obviously informed by racism and classism and ableism um, and all of the power structures that just kind of perpetuate really different, really disproportionate suffering for different demographics. And it's not accidental, I think, is the important thing. Um, you know, I don't think it's a structural accident that uh, marginalized people are dying from most um, are, are disproportionately the main, you know, dying from COVID. It's not an accident. It's another extension of racism, particularly in white supremacy and uh, capitalism, just kind of eschewing um, human lives and thinking that, you know, the basically the proletariat, right? Um, thinking of proletariat as as dispensable indispensable right to the kind of mechanism machinery of of staying afloat but also dispensable because we're forcing them to go out every day and risk their lives um but i do think there is some room uh, to honor the smaller desires and, and also the, the mourning. And I mean that as an M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-S, not, not like the time, but the mornings most of us haven't given ourselves a chance to really think about. I think that, you know, like as Audre Lorde said, poetry is not a luxury, but of course, the time and stability to, to create it, to devote yourself to it certainly is, and, and it shouldn't be. Um, that's a different conversation. You know, I've always had really intense mental health struggles. And it's just kind of, it's my baseline. Uh, it's, it's the norm for me. It's like water. But I'm, I was managing, um, better than I usually do pre-pandemic but of course the the sheer amount the the social isolation all these circumstances it, it's just exacerbated all of the pre-existing problems to an extreme that I have not I don't know I've experienced it before but not in years upon years and it fucking sucks obviously and I think I don't know a single person, uh, even the most, like, relatively, like, privileged people I know. I don't know a single person who is doing well right now. Uh, you know, like, people who would consider themselves, I guess, neurotypical pre-pandemic are, like, deeply, uh, are, are seeing therapists and getting anti-SSRIs now and are kind of have been destabilized and incapacitated um, by what isolation does to a person. Um, and so what, what I have to do, right, to keep myself from totally dissolving and remind myself that I exist uh, is exercise my desire, I guess, exercise that far away, very far away right now, distanced mechanism called appetite, 
and I don't mean only for food, but for life, for, for feelings, for sensory experiences, for, for poetry, for sex, for, for love, sensuality, you know, re- all of it, <laughs> um, for learning, whatever it is, for, for rage, I think is a big one, um, for joy, you know, otherwise I can't, I can't locate my desire if I don't actively exercise it, which is really strange, but I, I just can't locate my own capacity to feel fully, to, to hunger for things beyond survival. And without that capacity intact, I, I don't, I don't know how to bear myself, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know how to manage my own head. Um, so this, this podcast, right, is a self-prescribed kind of is a ritual. Um, and I think that's a, a very inappropriate term for this. Uh, and it's a ritual and appetite, I guess I would say. Um, and by appetite, I mean, it's kind of synonymous, I guess, with desire, like your capacity or the shape and space and, and, um, kind of waiting room of your desire, uh, whatever this, however large or however small it is at, you know, the shape of it, the size of it, the perimeter. Um, so yeah, that's what I mean by hunger of all kinds. And, and, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just navel gazing excessively to the point of being narcissistic and even my self-loathing and being unable to tolerate myself. And I have all every kind of imposter syndrome. And I don't mean only in terms of being like a college student um, or or trying to call myself a writer or whatever. I don't just mean that, but I mean like imposter syndrome and being a person. Um, I mean in feeling like I, I constantly need to earn my right to exist. That asking for more is asking for way too much. You know, there's an an inextricable kind of link to gender um, and that feeling, Uh, obviously, in my own kind of dysphoria with being socialized as a girl and not feeling like I identify necessarily with that anymore, but also feeling kind of hinged to it. Um, And I feel like I, that's another thing, I feel like I have to prove my gender and justify it to people like the way I justify my existence and that I'm an gender imposter that I'm a you know non-binary imposter which is some transphobic internalized transphobia um but sometimes I think I'm not you know I'm a person imposter um to be honest uh I just I think but the thing about gender is really relevant because I'm just trying to give an explanation here because of course I feel like I need to. I just feel when you're socialized as a girl, you know, feeling like any sort, you feel like any sort of self-expression or project that you're creating, if you want to be an artist or a writer, whatever it is, you're told that it's inherent, inherently confessional. Um, and the way that, and, and confessional is not as in 
is used in a derogative way. Um, obviously, just think of the discourse around Plath, right? Um, but by confessional, I mean inherently over-emotional, or it's gouty and, and frivolous and self-absorbed, that it's it's memoir, it's autobiography, that, and not the kind of I, I acceptable um, autobiography that white men can write, right? Like, it's not treated like that. It's treated as garish and oversharing and uh, taking up too much space, um, asserting yourself too much. So there's that. And you're told that it's not art. It's certainly not poetry. It's not the stuff of literature. So, you know, I, I instinctually regard my own work as, as just intrinsically, unchangeably, just, just this elongated kind of diary writing. Because that's what woman and femme's work has always gets called. And that's what I've been conditioned to believe. And, and I undermine myself and my own creativity so fastidiously that I don't even need the male gaze to tell me to do it anymore. No, I mean, I mean that I don't need men to, I don't need to be around men to inflict the male gaze upon myself. And that's really terrifying. Um, it just reminds me of that beloved Margaret Atwood quote about male fantasies, male fantasies, um, is the whole world male fantasy I'm, I'm really paraphrasing here but you internalize that obviously sometimes to an extent that you're not fully you don't fully comprehend until something like this happens where you're forced to spend all this time with yourself alone isolated and you realize that you what is that? Where is that from? You are a voyeur inside of a woman or something. You're watching. You're a man inside of a woman watching. A wo I don't know. But basically, I'm just saying that the male gaze doesn't require actual men to be around. Because it's a structural. It's a narrative. Kind of mindfuckery that you can impose upon yourself. And that's a lot to get through. To work through. And quarantine has really exemplified that. You know, I feel guilty that I think I deserve to write, to like, to publish anything, to, to create and ask for, for an audience. I mean, I feel, feels grotesque even, or, or like kind of vaguely monstrous. I, I just, I've been thinking about this sentiment that, um, it's a sentiment that Clarice Lispector just says so well where she asks, you know, am I a monster or is this what it means to be a person? And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been feeling the entirety of quarantine. I've always felt that, but particularly so right now. Um, but Anne Boyer, who is one of my favorite contemporary writers and, and thinkers, uh, tweeted something that I don't know it, it just incited me to think very differently um, about all this 
kind of memoristic, memoristic self-directed art and, and self-archiving I've been doing. She, so she wrote, um, she tweeted, whenever I feel inadequate in my writing, it only takes a minute to remind myself that even my most inadequate is necessary. After all of the centuries of careless, inelegant, and derivative books written by men, written about men, published by men, praised by men, and every great woman writer is one who abandoned all fear of being bad, who sang, who sang fuck you operatically when assaulted by quote-unquote quality. And I just, reading that, you know, shattered something in me. Just a little tiny part of that in me- entrenched male gaze. Um, that is a kind of self-inflicted you know a a psychic violence honestly and i don't think that's dramatic um but that reading that just i did i cried a little bit i'm not gonna lie uh because i was like why am i punishing myself preemptively for creating things and and thinking that maybe they they can be publishable or shareable and why am i belittling everything i want to create before it's even made it's it's the way you undermine it's the way that i think we've been taught people socialized you know women have been taught to undermine their own creativity and they've been taught that by patriarchy and it's really effective because then you don't think you have anything worth worthy to produce and so you kind of just stop yourself and that's bullshit um and so i think that that tweet funnily enough really articulated that feeling um in a really necessary way for me And because I myself feel, I feel incapable of creating or sharing work that's not, you know, perfect, that's not 100% refined and utterly spectacular and original, inventive, if it's not super well edited and finely tuned, you know, so finely tuned that every single line glimmers, Um, if I'm publishing work that's, if I'm putting things out there that aren't perfect, creating something this messily so to speak it it terrifies me and i think terrifies a lot of people um with such extreme imposter syndrome but the thing is is like who determines what quality is um and who who told me who who where did i learn that i don't get to take up space and i don't mean taking up space um There's obviously the negative, the genuinely negative uh, way of taking up space in movements and in in specific spaces where you're not, your voice and your experience is not paramount, is not what needs to be heard or prioritized. And um, speaking over 
other people and trying to, you know, offer your narrative as the narrative is obviously very different than what I'm saying. Uh, but, you know, who determines what our creativity is worth? Power structures and white men. You know, we, we know this. This is not new. Um, I've been reading Bell Hooks. She has this beautiful, just razor sharp essay collection on writing. And it's called Remembering Rapture, which I, which I love. And basically she writes this essay about how people and even her peers and her friends, whatever, um, criticize her for writing so much. Like, for being such a prolific writer and for, for writing too much. Because she has, like, set over 17 or 20 books out. Um, and, you know, daring to be a black woman who writes so, so much and is told that she writes too much. And it's like, basically, I think the message that people are trying to force on her is... Who do you think you are that you deserve to take up so much space and not once, but again and again to, to insist upon being more than a token? Uh, because that's the only way that, you know, a lot of identities are accepted is if they're monolithic. You know, as if quantity for women, for, for women of color, especially in black women, is just an evil like is a sign of bad quality or egotism um and you know of course qual quality writing however you define it takes time writing that you love and editing is a long haul and is not easy or fast usually but bell hooks is obviously pretty fucking brilliant i mean She's an incredible writer, and I don't know, I, it's just infuriating because, you know, Jonathan fucking Franzen gets to pump out a shitty gazillion page kind of masturbatory epic novel every few years, and he doesn't get any hate for that. I mean, he gets, now we like to make fun of him, which is relieving, it's cathartic, but he doesn't, he still makes the same amount of money. He's not actually experiencing any tangible consequences. Um, and he doesn't get told that there's only room for a handful um, of white male writers in, in the book world, in the publishing industry. And he's not told to stop writing so much. Because how dare you? And the point is, okay... I'm going to stop my ranting because we're in a pandemic, obviously, and nobody is doing very well. And I'm lonely and anxious and estranged from my own heart and my own feelings and my own capacity to feel. And I've forgotten that the heart is a muscle. And like any muscle, it needs to be exercised in order perform to to do what it's meant to do without numbing itself out um and i've kind of lost this attunement this i don't know 
this closeness with my the sound the movements of my own heart um i just feel numbed out and i think that's kind of a communal feeling right now so i need to create and yes i need to talk to think through things aloud instead of just running in circles in my head because that's what i've been doing and truly if if you know i'll admit it feeling like maybe there's an audience however small is a relief it's kind of medicine for me because it's increasingly dis- difficult to feel like i exist without other people to confirm um and i'm in a dissociative state i mean a genuinely dissociative state like a very large portion of the time lately because it's hard not to be and it's also kind of my autopilot like survival mode and it's it kind of is what it is but i've just i think that i need to create something and i need to feel somehow connected to the world um even if i'm really just talking to myself you know i've been so introverted my entire life and also clinically depressed but or you know i've been sick a lot too etc whatever i've had a lot of reasons where basically solitude is not anything remotely new it's how i've spent most of my life but and it's not bad and i took me a long time especially in high school to realize that solitude is like one of the most productive and i don't mean that in a capitalist sense i mean like meaningful and necessary you know periods of time but anyways this much solitude and the forced nature of it um just kind of it unavoidably just mutates into loneliness of a very dangerous species i think for me at least and so also to create any sort of archive even just bits and pieces from me from my this queer person's life you know is i think if i dare say it quietly radical in itself it's it's hard to feel like we can think about anything but survival right now obviously and the kind of front lines work is what's necessary right now and all the time but i also think that the little kind of interior personal revolutions or whatever you want to call them are important too i mean they matter too they're what how we survive without how we survive and how we find some sort of way to go on um so i guess what i'm saying is i need to practice desire it's not arising naturally you know usually there are snatches of time or glimpses of of one breaking up the the kind of flatness of my dysthymia my anxiety but but now there's not really any there's no there's very little to break anything the flatness is just there it's just stagnant and there's no there's not those like 
little pokes, those little distractions to keep you from just being swallowed by it. And there's very little to stimulate sensation or feeling other than just such existential dread and self-pity, whatever, and a fundamental kind of estrangement from your own capacity for feelings. The thing is, I can't, I can't photosynthesize feelings. Like, I can't self-produce this much emotion to sustain me. And I don't know if that sounds incoherent, but how does, the other thing is, how does anyone exercise their capacities to desire that, like, when the world is literally on fire, I mean, obviously the world has always been on fire, as anyone who's not a white cis man (laughs) will tell you, but, but now, now we're just situated in the flames, and we're forced to just sit here and fester and introspect and do little else and you know there are the very obvious and immeasurable losses the kind of unforgivable losses that could have been prevented and I mean all of the hundreds of thousands of people who have died because of a pandemic and because of fucking governmental careless not carelessness callousness actually is what it is um but then there are the little losses, and I've been thinking and writing a lot about this, and I don't want to equate them in any sense to that, I guess, you know, if we're, I, I don't, I want to fight the urge to quantify things, but I'm not comparing, I'm not saying that the same as like these enormous losses. But they're the little kind of losses that I think are also quite, like, devastating in their own right. And they're still losses, nonetheless. And I mean, like, the losses of intimacy, of of co- people coming into their sexuality and, and their desire and their selves for the first time. And that was just crushed. That was just interrupted. Um, the loss of touch that that's a big one appetite is what i'm focusing on um skin hunger (laughs) i think we're all feeling a lot of us are feeling that pretty extremely right now and for me i have i have a really complicated relationship with touch because it's never been my love language i was kind of weirdly evasive like, I barely let my friends hug me or whatever And when I was in a teenager and before that. Um, there's just a... I have a, my personal history of touching has just been, honestly, and even... It, it's been complicated by so many things, you know, by being... By trauma, by by just being sexualized and sexually harassed and assault all of that stuff obviously makes somebody's re- your relationship to touch much more complicated than you'd like it to be a lot of the time but in this pandemic i am so hungry s- s- touch starved that it's 
it's like I I think that after I don't think things go back to normal but I mean that after once we can start kind of seeing other people again I think we're all gonna be like so many of us are gonna be so like I just want to hug my friends and touch them and and I think there will be a renewed appreciation for it and so this has been a really excessive rant and I'm so sorry for (laughs) how I also have this such brain fog so the way I speak is so different now too um, because it takes me so much longer to gather my thoughts and then I just break off into a tangent and it goes nowhere but I think it's interesting to, to record that because I've noticed that this is a common kind of ailment with a lot of people right now a very understandable one so this podcast for me is kind of a it's a it's a little archive it's a DIY archive um I'm thinking of the lesbian history archives <laughs> and things like that uh and I think it's kind of a digital you know a covid version of that of those queer kind of grassroots archives that are really that kind of collect ephemera and queer objects etc um and so i you know this is probably a selfish thing and to make anything publishable to put anything out there really is to believe like in some part of yourself that you deserve to speak even just for half an hour that somebody wants to listen there's there's an inherent kind of i don't think narcissism is the right word i mean i think there's a desire to be validated um it's a confession is what i mean to publish the act of that to put things out there that you want that you say see me right um I don't know, but I I know that to make anything near art right now just fills me with such shame and it feels impossible and icky and selfish and naive and and yet and yet if we're pretending we're not ourselves how are we going to ever arrive back in our bodies and our hearts like is what I'm saying how am I ever going to re-arrive to feeling to being to my capacity for feeling you know the route back is not very clear so this is kind of my archival project and it's you know makeshift and it's in progress um but it's a it's vile of memory of it's a vial of memory I'm, I'm trying to construct and fill so that i don't disappear uh, and yeah, I think that's what I have to say about that. And this is just my little explanation of what this really is. Um, with appetite, I've just been really, really obsessed with cooking during quarantine, uh, which is not something I used to in- be good at or really savor or enjoy. Um, but I've become totally en- enamored enamored with it and just obs- I just get very very obsessive I kind of I mean it's a 
it's a hyperfixation, I think, but it's, I think, a good one. Um, because it's allowed me to be distracted from just sitting and wallowing in my thoughts. And um, cooking is also a really good life skill to have. But also there's such an immense... I don't, yeah, just sensuality to it and creative kind of energy and therapeutic element there's and there's this feeling that you know I've been doing so much reading about um feminism and cooking and food and food equity and food justice but particularly like literature and food and how appetite and woman's appetite femme appetite has been depicted and so that's kind of my focus right now because I'm cooking so much and so I will be talking about food uh and may record sometimes when I am cook while I'm cooking um to keep myself company uh and I will be talking about I will be doing like every theme I will be doing research and kind of not fully writing it out, but creating a loose um, outline, I suppose, uh, for my for what I'll be talking about. Like, have some points that I want to connect, um, because I like learning about the history of foods uh, and what I'm cooking, and then thinking about kind of the symbolic nature of food and the metaphors. <laughs> that are there that are very potent and um the literary kind of aspect of them and the social justice uh i just i just like to connect all these things kind of fold in these strands of uh i don't know of folding all of these different strands and so that's what this podcast is and i'm so tired right now um and i'm saying um a lot but that is what this is going to be and I'm going to let myself put this on the internet and if nobody listens to it that's okay but if you want if you're also if you're just lonely like me and just want to feel for a minute distracted and you know you're cleaning your room well I don't know who cleans our room right no but you're cooking you're doing whatever you're like, and you just want to hear someone kind of blabbering on or ranting and feel like you're in the room with somebody else talking about meaningful things, I guess. Um, I think that that is kind of what I'm trying to do. And I think that that is what I get from a lot of podcasts that I just like to listen to people laughing and talking to their friends. And it's just like fills me with momentary joy. Um, and longing for for not having to get these contact highs from other people's intimacy anymore, but that's kind of the place we're in right now. So that is what I have to say. And oh my god, that was like a 40 minutes of me just fucking around. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, this is just my little intro episode and I will 
be releasing my EP, no, not my EP, but, um, my, check out the SoundCloud link below, no, um, I, I will, I will be releasing the actual, like, first episode that's not just me ranting and blabbering, like, um, and is actually well, somewhat well produced, um, soon. I'm working on it. Uh, Merry whatever. Holidays are, eh, not usually really difficult for most people, and so I'm, I ache with you, um, and they're hard for a lot of us, so, you know, take care of each other. Um, I will put on my Instagram that is connected to this where I post images of food I cook and long captions and archival things, all manner of things. Um, I have a lot of like mutual aid, usually specific to LA, but, uh, different links and resources and different people's Venmos, etc. uh, that if you want a good Christmas, I think the best way, the best kind of present you can give even yourself right now is helping other people, um, and not doing it in a kind of savior complex kind of way, but in communal care rather than this kind of neoliberal self-care thing. So yeah, you can go there if you are interested in doing that um and also last thing and then i will go if anybody is interested in talking in conversing i guess uh via phone or zoom or whatever and like i mean for the podcast um so like an episode would be like a conversation rather than just me talking to myself um, that would be really nice and interesting, and I think it would, we would choose, like, a certain topic, maybe do some reading, or I don't know, talk about, we'll figure it out, but I'm very open to that, and I'm bored and lonely, like I said, so if you are interested in that, you know, please, please contact me, um, unless you're a cis white man, because I don't do that, (laughs) I don't provide platforms for men, for white men anymore, um, because I, myself, my personhood, and my body have been platforms for cis white men, tbh. Okay, I'm done, this is it. I feel like a little delirious. Um, And what's weird is I am 100% sober right now. I just am tired. Thank you (laughs) for listening. Um, Good night. See you next time. Or, yeah.